This is the Montana Outdoor Podcast. Each of our podcasts will introduce you to fascinating topics and some of the most interesting people you will ever find in Montana's great outdoors. We offer new podcasts most every Saturday. You can get a link to these podcasts by going to montanaoutdoor.com or by going to the Montana Outdoor Facebook page. You can also send an email to downrigger at montanaoutdoor.com and simply say, send a link to my email. It's that simple. Now let's head out with your host, Downrigger Dale, and see what's going on in Montana's outdoors. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Montana Outdoor Podcast. With me uh, this week, of course, is the captain from the Montana Outdoor Radio Show, and we're still on the subject of uh, ice fishing because, well, that's what we do up here in Montana. Captain, you've got another guest. You're way over in Fort Peck over on the eastern uh, northeast Montana. Tell us who you've got with you uh, this week. Well, uh, we have Brian Olson, who does the Brian Olson Outdoor Report on a weekly basis on the Montana Outdoor Radio Show. And Brian uh, also does a weekly fishing report from Fresno Reservoir and Nelson Reservoir, which are on the high line. One's over by Fresno, the other one's east of Malta. And so we thought, well, it'd be a great opportunity on this podcast to get in depth on how to fish each one of those reservoirs. Also, uh, talk a little bit about technique, ice fishing techniques, and maybe if the time allows, we can uh, talk a little bit about how you'd approach that with first ice off um, up to those reservoirs on open water. Brian, hello. Hi, everyone. And thanks for uh, showing up here on our podcast. We appreciate it. And you do a great job on the weekly uh, Montana Outdoor Radio Show oh, thank you. and the website. So let's, uh, let's focus on Fresno first. You know, there's not a lot of information that comes out of Fresno. You you lived in Haver for a number of years. You fished Fresno quite a bit. Let's talk a little bit about ice fishing right now. Now, one thing we do want to rec- uh, mention is that live bait, live minnows are not allowed in Fresno. That's right. I mean, Fresno is an irrigation reservoir, and that's what it's there for. And so we get a lot of fluctuation in the water. Most of the time, like this time of year, we're at 40% or 40% on a good year. We're maybe less than that now. So there's a lot of shoreline showing. And, you know, I still am the type of guy, I'm looking for the rocks and the gravel and what have you. That's where I fish. Okay. So you fish in the rocks and the gravel. You know the reservoir, but if somebody is ice fishing, and they don't know the reservoir, they're just uh, going to approach it, how would you recommend that they approach it? So anymore, what I do, I used to be the kind of guy to go out and drill 100 holes before I would ever start to fish. Well, now with the nice mapping from Lake Master with my, I carry a, a hummingbird, a five-inch unit with the maps on it, and I go right to the points. I mean, all the points have a lot of gravel, a lot of rock, and it shows you all the contour lines. And... I drilled the holes I want to fish in now because of the mapping. All right. And you're fishing. I know you mentioned a lot during your reports on the radio show that you like the weed lines. You like to be right off of the weed lines. Well, Fresno's kind of a different beast because the weed lines do go away fairly rapidly. So then you have to concentrate on the point areas. You know, there's two big differences. When you fish in point areas, you're fishing fish that are eating crawdads. Uh, 
they're pretty skinny. And you always know when you get to the weed line fish, when you do find a weed line, because they're a lot chunkier, a lot fatter fish because they're eating minnows. Uh, fish don't seem to get, to me, they don't get any poundage. They don't get any weight off of crawdads, but they surely do off of minnows. All right. So I have fished uh, Fresno, not for, not for quite a few years, but I remember we used to fish it and there was a lot of small fish. Once in a while you would get into the, when I say bigger fish, the 18 to 20 inch fish, which was a big walleye for Fresno. You know, we didn't really target the northerns. Uh, what are you What are you experiencing on ice fishing? Do you usually get that type of a fish that is going to be a good eater, or do you get the fish that are going to be in the 20-plus-inch range? You know, in my years at Fresno, which has been a lot, I honestly caught so few of what I would call releasers, you know, maybe 10 in 30 years. <laughs> so I, I never really had to worry about that. But what I did go after was those nice 17, 18s and on up to 20s. And different year classes, you have a lot of that. Uh, you know, when they used to stock the reservoir, we had a lot of nice 18 to 20 inches. They quit stocking for like 10 years. And then fishing really went downhill, I'll say that way. You still catch them. But, uh, but you know, I mean, stocking does just a world of good in those reservoirs. Now, we're talking about uh, walleye here, right? We're talking walleye. I, I'm not talking the northern. I, I don't target northerns I, I because I find that as I'm catching my walleyes, I'm catching northerns, whatever's there, whitefish, you name it. Last May. Uh, they had, was it last May or June? They had the Fresno walleye challenge. Would have been in June. Yep. And, uh, the, the, the weights that came out of that, at least for the top five teams, uh, I think they actually set a new record. Was that, uh, Kenny Williams and, and uh, Travis Scott, you bet, you know, they, they did, they, they got on a, and they were on a weed line because in June is when before they start to drop that reservoir and it drops like a rock when they start to irrigate, but they were on a good existing weed line. They found those nice, active, plump fish and good fish at that, too. And uh, they did a wonderful job. I've never done that well. I uh, I, I have fished. Um, I'm a tip-up guy. So how does – you can't use live minnows there. How do you uh, – are tip-ups very effective? Tip-ups are very effective. I was one of the first guys that came up and were showing people how to use salted minnows. I can tell you that I was one time fishing up there on one of the points up by the the last cabin on the north, and all my flags are up, and those buddy with me, ah, oh, they're just northerns. I says, well, you wait and see. Well, my first tip up, I opened up in the morning, pulled a nice walleye in, and then pretty quick it got to be a battle. But what I'm using is nice, fresh, salted shiners for the most part. I don't like the what I call the filleters, but I do like a three to five inch shiner. And I just actually will kind of tall them off a little bit, put them in a, in a baggie. I dump too much salt on them, shake them up. And it's unbelievable when you get, when you hook them up. Now I like to hook them on my tip ups where they hang flat. Now, a lot of times I will do what I call a sideways hook, right near that rear dorsal fin. But I don't for salted minnow. Then I take and almost in the middle of the back, and I run that hook 
from the back up front. So the barb is actually facing up front. But when I hang that thing in the water, you see it's hanging pretty flat or pretty, pretty lifelike. Hey, Brian, Brian, when, when you're uh, prepping your bait, uh, you know, doing that process of getting it salted and all that, uh, I mean, how, how long will that, that uh, minnow last? I think it makes them tougher. So what I do is I bag, you know, half a dozen to a dozen minnows at a time, throw them in the freezer. I have, I mean, I have used those, those minnows that I bagged up in November and I'm still using them on the ice in March. They they never, and a lot of times I'll throw them on the floor of my ice house. I just continually use them. (laughs) So no, they're, they're, they're good. So tell us about the uh, process of actually salting minnows. What kind of salt do you use, and um, you know what what are you doing? With I that? use the cheapest table salt I can buy, I, and I yeah. don't know whether I use iodized or not. It, it, it's too simple. I mean, I I've done the borax, I've done it all, but plain old salt is what you do. You don't have to then don't don't clean the salt off. It seems like. You know, I, I'll put a minnow down in the hole, and he's still caked with salt. Well, of course, it doesn't take long. But if you watch it, when you dip it down there and that salt clears off, you'll actually see the the fins start to move and everything else again. It's almost like they come back to life again. And I do believe that fish like salt. So, you know. Uh, it, it, so what kind of uh, leader are you using as far as the uh, pound test and as far as the actual material? And what kind of hooks do you use when you're fishing for Fresno, on Fresno? Okay, well, me, it doesn't make any difference where I'm at. I'm a single hook fan. I like about a number two. These new drop shot hooks are nice. I like the the, the number two colored hooks. I mean, if you look at my tip-ups now, I've got greens, I've got yellows, I've got pinks, I've got reds, I've got black. You never know from one day to the next, leader-wise, I try to go 15 to 17. I do have some 12s, but, you know, and, and fluorocarbon. It, fluorocarbon has improved. It's more bite-off resistant. The northern still bite you off. I mean, I'll tell you that they're bite-off resistant, and then, boom, a northern will bite me off. <laughs> but overall, it just you'll catch a lot more fish, and they tell me that fluorocarbon, the fish can't see them. So I think that you could go even 20 and 25 pound test and, and not have an issue because, you know, I use about a 24 to 36 inch leader that I use and I don't use standard day cron. I just like that when it freezes on my tip ups. I, I showed you guys pictures of my tip ups on the, on your show before. I like that freeze proof. It, it's almost like a fly line, but it's vinyl coated. It doesn't freeze up. On my main line, okay, I use a little cork, not cork, but sponge bobber, I guess. that That's where I mark my depth at. Down on the bottom, I like about a half-ounce worm bullet, and then I like a quality snap and swivel, and then I run my leader off of it. Okay, so how far off the bottom are you then on Fresno? Like I am here. I like to stay about 12 inches off the six to 12 inches off the bottom okay so let me ask you let me get back to the hooks you use single hooks you use different colors does that really make a difference the color of a hook sometimes it makes all the difference in the world you'll go on out and sometimes they want that chartreuse 
Sometimes they want that green. Sometimes they want red. Sometimes it doesn't make any difference. Everything is popping. The next body of water that we talk about, I haven't seen it ever make a difference to me because when I find where the fish are at, they're there and they eat what you put down. But, but we're using live bait in them. Hey, Brian, uh, is there a time of day for Fresno that's better or worse? Well, okay. This time of year, we're getting into the low oxygen levels and or they only feed once or twice a day. So then that low light period, what we call early ice or early season, they bite all day long. I mean, it's just like in your summertime fishing. If you're out there fishing somewhere and the fish quit biting, go somewhere else because they're biting somewhere. These fish are, you know, in the warmer weather and when they're feeding up, will feed multiple times a day. What makes wintertime fishing tough is that they get down to a lot of times they only feed once a day, and you better be at the right place at the right time. And, hey, if they want to be feeding at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, my tip-ups might be there. I'm not going to be there. No. <laughs> so, But on average, if somebody just wanted to go out and, you know, let's say they, you know, they don't have the tip-ups and all that, and they just want to, you know, pull their ice shack out, drill a hole, and, and sit around the hole and fish, what would be the time of day you would recommend that would probably give them the best luck? Here's what I would do on Fresno right now. I would be there set up at least an hour before either daylight or before dark, and I would fish an hour or two until the, the fish, either until I got tired of it. I don't try to outlast them because – you find out that you cannot you cannot last Mother Nature. She'll she'll tell you what she wants to do. But if you're going to be there in the morning, I like to be there an hour before daylight to at least an hour after. And then it was the same thing. I look at it so if it's a sunset, it's going to be at five o'clock. I like to be set up and fishing at four o'clock, and then I'll fish until at least six and sometimes seven. Now. In that daylight or that daytime period, that's when I move into the deep water, what I call the basins. There is still a very viable perch and crappie population. I maybe don't get a lot, but hey, if I get one of these two-pound crappies and or perch an hour, I'm a pretty happy camper, (laughs) you know. And sometimes, oh, there's years when it's even better than that. But no, you can fish as long as you want. You, You can tucker yourself out by just staying with it. Did you say Fresno has crawdads in it? Loaded with crawdads. So why wouldn't you use crawdads on your tip-ups? Well, you probably could. Uh, Yeah, I mean, when I'm jigging, if I'm not using tip-up, that blaze orange and and gold jig and wrap, uh, that's the one to use on most of these reservoirs, I mean, everywhere around here has got crawdads. And I mean, when these walleyes and northerns, whatever you're fishing for, hit it, they're, they're wanting to kill that thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I use natural perch. I use everything. But you're going to see in my box, and there again, I think I sent a picture of that, what I use for my jig and stuff, that blaze orange and chartreuse or that blaze or uh, not chartreuse, blaze orange. And gold backs or black backs, that's the ones that, I mean, that's, that's my killers. I catch more fish on those every, every bit of the year than what I do anything else. Right. Um, ice fishing, 
President Reservoir. We're talking to Brian Olson, of course, uh, from the Brian Olson Outdoor Report on the Montana Outdoor Radio Show here on the podcast. Let's uh, go down below the dam. Is that a viable place to go fishing? Not ice fishing, but there's open water down there sometimes. And I've heard you talk on the radio about those fish are coming up or doing something, and they're they're pretty much like shooting um, fish in a barrel. That, that, that's a hidden gem. But I think that now, if I read it right, they're actually going to have that tail race area shut down. So I, I think that's out of the question now. Oh, okay. But, oh, below that dam can be so good that you can't believe it. And there again, there's times when that, that period there, although I haven't faced it too many times, that anything from throwing your your jerk baits or your countdown rapplers to I like to throw a jig and a minnow or I'm not so much of a, a live bait guy when I'm throwing my jigs. I like my Berkeley golf, et cetera. But yeah, that's that is so good a fish and I caught more thirty inch and bigger fish down below the dam than I ever did above the dam. So that's a milk river, right? That's a milk river. And so when we go east on the Milk River, we run into another reservoir, correct? Well, no. Now, yes, that's true. But Nelson is not on the Milk River. Okay. What What is Nelson on? Well, Nelson gets fed from the Milk River. At Dodson, they have the Dodson Diversion. So you've got a dam on the Milk River at Dodson. But where Nelson gets its water is from that diversion ditch. So as you go on Highway 2, you see that big yeah. I mean, they got the Milk River, but then it would be just to the west of it, they've got the diversion, and that's what feeds Nelson. So it is not a flow-through. Uh, and there again, there's recreation money that comes into Nelson, so they can actually dictate a minimum pool. So there's where Nelson and Fresno, no fisherman can dictate how much water gets taken out of Fresno where there is a minimum pool at the FWP set for Nelson, and they can only bring it down even on a tough irrigation year because of the the recreation money that comes into there, which is pretty substantial. I mean, most people think it would even help Fresno out, but I'm not going to get into that argument. Okay, so the south of the Highway 2 is that refuge. And that's Bedoin. That's also fed from that ditch. Oh, okay. I was wondering where, I thought maybe the water from Bedoin was coming into uh, Nelson. It is not. When you're on the highway, you can actually look down there and see that that canal is on the, I'm going to say the west side of Bedoin. Yeah. But yeah, no, that wildlife area is all fed from the Milk River from that ditch. I mean, that they open and close it. I don't believe that water at all, and maybe it does, but I don't think any water from Bedoin actually gets into uh, into Nelson. That maybe if there's an overflow, it'll go down to the Beaver Creek. I'm not sure about so that. So, are you telling me that if we didn't have this diversion at uh, it's at Dobson, right? That uh, the milk would not go into Nelson Reservoir. That's correct. Nelson yep. Reservoir wouldn't even be a reservoir. It would not be. Huh. Yeah. So. You know, Guys, are you talking about actually doing <clears throat> any kind of ice fishing on the Milk River, or are we just talking about how stuff gets fed there? Because, well, I suppose you could do ice fishing if it's frozen over, but no, we're not really doing. Yeah, because I was going to say, I, ice fishing on any river gets a little sketchy sometimes. 
Uh, do, do you recommend trying that at all, Brian? Well, I fished the Missouri and the backwaters, you know, like the dredges and what have you. But no, it, it, I have ice fished on rivers before, but it's a little bit different scenario. You have to address the current issues. There's a lot of things that you address if you're on a river. I just thought of interesting rigor that how that water gets in the Nelson. I was not aware there's a diversion. I thought the milk just actually went into the Nelson Reservoir. But it doesn't. Now we're going to get into talking about fishing Nelson Reservoir. Before we leave Fresno, though, just just for our, our listeners that may not be real uh, familiar with with you know getting to Fresno, uh, I assume Brian that the the way you like to go is if, <clears throat> for example, if you're on Highway Two, you're coming from uh, uh, Haver, you would uh, turn there at the the Walleye Tavern there onto uh, uh, Fresno Reservoir Road. Right. I mean, it, it's well marked. It's no longer the Walleye Tavern. It's back to the Fresno Tavern okay. again. And so then once you get on that uh, Fresno Reservoir Road, you know, then you can go to these, you know, you've got that, like the Outlook Campground, the Fresno Beach Campground, all that. What, where would you recommend starting out to get out onto the ice then on Fresno, just so folks kind of have an idea of where to go? Well, until they close the dam, and they're going to do that too now, I would cross the dam and I'd go into the Kings Bay area. Okay. And that's where I access it from. And like I said, there again, you look at your maps now. But I also go on in, you go beyond the Fresno Tavern about another five, six miles, and then there's another sign that tells you Kremlin Bay Recreation Area. Go to Kremlin Bay. I mean, all those points. So they're going to close the dam for a a period of years, as far as I know, for work. So everybody, you can get into the dam from the Fresno Tavern, but that's about it. And then, and that's going to be a pretty small area. The boat ramp, I understand, is still going to be live. And if you've got, you know, enough ice to drive, I mean, you can, I've done that before. I jump off right there on the boat landing and drive as far up that lake as I can, you know, avoiding pressure ridges and all that kind of good stuff. Or I go around to Kremlin Bay. And so that's going to be your two main areas here. Now, I think starting this year is is the main dam area and Kremlin Bay is going to be your access point. Okay. So are they going to, you say they're going to do some construction on the dam? Oh, yeah. They're, I guess that they're going to backfill the back of that dam because they're afraid it may slough off or I, you know, I'm not. I don't know. You'd have to talk to those engineers. I have no idea what they're okay. going to do. So how about Nelson Reservoir? Let's start talking a little bit about ice station Nelson Reservoir. Kind of the same, but not really the same. Uh, not the same at all. Uh, Nelson Reservoir keeps weeds year-round, and they keep live weeds year-round. Now, there's a difference between live weeds and dead weeds. So we're talking this time of year now, and, and you and I have talked about that, oxygen levels. When your weeds die, it really starves the water of oxygen. When that happens, nothing is there. So if you've got your tip-ups out or you're jigging in there, you're not seeing fish, well, either go to where you find live weeds or your oxygen level improves. And right now, and, and <laughs> I shouldn't say it, but I will because there's a lot of guys, hey, you're supposed to be 18 to 20 foot of water to catch a walleye. Yeah, well, guess what? Four to six foot 
all year long in Fresno. I mean, in Nelson is my mainstay. You and I could go there today, and we maybe would have a line in eight foot of water, but that inside of the weed lines now, and there's a lot of weeds. I mean, there are places where you'll open a hole up and you're right in the middle of a weed bed. Well, you got to move to a hole, or you got to move to where there are no weeds, and those fish are there. Period. Okay, so again, just for uh, for our listeners, because we get we get a lot of listeners from all around, not just in Montana, but all around the country that are very interested in ice fishing. So when we talk Nelson Reservoir, we're going east from uh, from Fresno, uh, and we're uh, outside of what that'd be the closest town to be what Malta then. Well, we're, we're right smack between Malta and Seiko. Okay, and then where where would you recommend you turn off Highway Two there to to uh, get to one of your favorite spots on Nelson? Well, as far as I know, there's only one spot. It's right there at you. You go to the Sleeping Buffalo. Now, the the, the the hotel and the restaurant is the hotel is open. The restaurant and bar closed until April. I understand for reconstruction, et cetera. But I go right on in there. You can go right down to the state park right there. A lot of access. You can drive the loop all the way around the lake at that point in time and get to the cabins on the west side of the lake. There is lot, a lot, a lot of access on, on Nelson Reservoir. So, the, you know, you have no problem. Now, Rigger, one thing to keep in mind, and I know you would like this because I don't see you out ice fishing very much because you get too cold. Is that you could jump into the hot, uh, the hot springs uh, at that, the sleeping buffalo hot springs? Oh yeah, that's right. So I could just yeah crack a cold one, sit in the hot springs, and wait for you guys to bring me some fresh walleye. Exactly. Yeah. I mean that's <laughs> they they are famous for that. I mean that's that's why they do what they do. I mean you got the hot springs, you can just soak up and look like a prune when you're done. Yeah. And they also have, I think, cabins to rent. I don't know. You'd have to call them to find out. Uh, yes. Yeah. That, that you'd have to do. I mean, I talked to them earlier and they told me about the bar and the restaurant being closed, but they, last time I talked to them, got minnows for you, all the bait that you can imagine. Because, you know, Nelson is not only a tremendous walleye fishery. And if I, I mean, they, Whenever we else, kind of with the exception of Fort Peck, quit getting stocked, well, Nelson Reservoir, for whatever reason, continue to get stocked. So it's a great, for that, it's a great northern fishery. There's a lot of big crappies in there. There's a lot of big perch in there. You know, the nettings are down a bit on the on the crappies and the perch, but still there again. You get out in the basin areas, you use your, and when I'm saying basin is that 25 to 30 foot holes, look at your map. You can kind of find them, sit on top of them guys and, and use your favorite perch jigs and, uh, and you'll catch enough perch on a daily basis that you can eat. Um, Brian, you mentioned that Nelson Reservoir has weeds that are alive and weeds that are dead. And one of the things that weeds that are alive will do is, provide oxygen in the water. I've been fishing over here at uh, Fort Peck, and fishing has been slow at the time we're doing this podcast, which is about the third week in January. But Nelson Reservoir has also been slow. Um, For some people. You, you, you mentioned 
the the weeds being on the oxygen, but there's there's a lot of people that fish Nelson Reservoir. Now there's a big tournament that's going on here this weekend, I believe, and that's uh, is that is that for walleyes? That's right. I think they pay different categories for the biggest fish. So be the biggest northern, the biggest walleye, the biggest perch, the biggest crappie, I believe. Now, I've never fished that tournament. I'm not a big fish guy myself. But, hey, that thing for the last, I don't know how many years, 10, 15, 20 years, when they announce that it's open, it's full. I mean, it's kind of like the Gov Cup here. It fills up that quickly. So... And it's nothing new. I mean, it's uh, you get a lot of Billings folk and what have you up there that are, are fishing, it and they're there for a reason because fishing is good. Last, it's the last weekend of January. Typically, uh, we're talking about that tournament. But let's get back to the. Um, I mean, Fred, or, or Nelson Reservoir is going to slow down, and maybe not as fast. But if if it's slow, somebody says to you, Brian Olson. That's slow over there. How are you going to approach it when you go on the ice? Well, like I said, if I went out there, if you and I went out there today, when we're going to see and everybody's out there fishing in 10, 15, 20 foot, uh, you and I are going to be set up in four to six foot. Right off the weeds. Right on the inside edges of the weeds. And that upper, what I'll call the upper end or the west end, you don't run out of shallow water and you don't run out of weeds. And where are the predominant, where is all the fishing takes place on the north? Well, okay. Fish all you want. I always said I hate to fish, but I love to catch. So I, I go to where I can catch them. So it's live, live minnows on Nelson Reservoir. You can use live minnows, you betcha. And the phenomenal thing, there's a ton of carp minnows, not, no doubt a ton of carp, that the fish that I'm catching are gorged with Carp minnows. I mean, these three and four and five inch carp minnows, uh, you, you cannot believe. And you, you know, there again, when you get to these things, they're really, they're after them. You cannot fish too shallow on Nelson. You really can't fish too, too shallow on Fresno either. I mean, that night bite in, in one to two foot of water can be phenomenal in all these things because if you think about it, these smaller prey fish. That's where they have their protection. They get up against the edge of the ice and the shore, and your big predators can't get in that tight on them. So there's a reason why they're in there that shallow. So you kind of got to, yeah, I know as fishermen, we like to fish in 10, 12, 15 foot, but not, not all your, your fish think that way. And that's why your side finding equipment, et cetera, can, can really help you. You know? Yeah. I, I was just going to ask you about that, Brian. Do you do you use a lot of electronic size fishing much? No, I mean I use my mapping and and uh, all I use is a flasher. But then I'm an you know I'm an old guy, Don Rigger. I, I you know there's specific ways I'm getting more into the side finding business now, and and it works. I mean the guys that I fish with, hey, it it kind of helps. But I think that we're going to be right back to the old way again because I don't like to camp on top of fish because I think that they feel that that pounding from your sonars. And I think side finding equipment is going to do the same thing. That okay, they're you know where is this thing coming from? But I'm finding now that hey, there's a fish over there, and you locate him, all of a sudden he's gone. Well, he moved. Well, okay, he feels that pulse. 
something's not right. Now, maybe not all of them do, but a lot of them, they're going to move because of that. And I think fish are actually going to get machine shy. So then, then you got to do what the old guys like me do. We just, uh, I mean, we look for gravel and all that kind of good stuff. Well, one of the things that, uh, talking about electronics, the mapping system's coming very handy for a guy like you. Oh, terrific. Because you can tell, you know, like you would in a boat, in open water, you're on ice, you can see where the ridge lines are, you can see where the pumps are, you can see where the islands are. And what would you recommend? So, you know, if a guy doesn't want to go into debt, massive debt, what would you recommend? What's a good mapping system connected with sonar to bring on the ice? Well, like I said, I've I got my, I use my little Helix Five with the, the Lake Master chip, and and that's that's what I use. And I don't think you can get. I mean, I've got my Lorances that have got the older maps and what have you that work good. Of course, they don't work good in the upper end of uh, Flathead or Flathead Fort Peck here. But uh, the Lake Master stuff anymore. I mean, if you're not using Humminbird in this area, especially on Fort Peck here. I mean, Johnson Industries has done a tremendous job on, on keeping up with their maps where, you know, I think now that uh, Lawrence used to work with Navionics and I and somebody bought Navionics, so then that doesn't work good. And they're telling me now that some of the sea maps are coming along for Lawrence products. But for right now, uh, and I've, Hey, I was a hummingbird guy a lot of years ago, then went to Lawrence, and now I'm coming back to hummingbird again. But it's, I like the Lawrence products as far as looking down and, and seeing fish, but for the mapping, it's tough to beat. That. What about Garmin? Uh, I, you know, I don't own a Garmin myself. There's a lot of people that own Garmins, and, and they swear by them. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said, you go and look at the pro boats. If you want to see what people use, go go look at these NWTs and see what they've got set up. I mean, they they're the guys they depend on this stuff for money. So that's what I'm going to tell you. They are the real pros. See what they have, and don't just talk to one. Talk to a bunch of them. But it's amazing when you get to these guys that there can be ten boats out there, and every one of them got a Garmin set up in the front, except for maybe one who's got something else. But even the guys that are covered by Lawrence and the guys that are covered by Hummingbird, guess what? They got a Garmin set up there. Well, there's a reason they have that Garmin set. So, uh, how about how about uh, fisherman traffic uh, out on uh, both Fresno and uh, Nelson? It, I mean, do you see a lot of folks out there? Is it a lot of fishing pre- pressure in the winter time, or? Or is it a kind of like where you're out Fort Peck? I mean, you can go all day sometimes and not see a soul out there. Uh, Fresno, you're pretty much by yourself, and I think that's because they don't allow live bait out there, which I think they could, but they don't. Uh, Nelson is a horse of a different color, and you know this week and this weekend is going to be there's going to be a lot of people. But there again, I avoid people. <laughs> I really do when I go to. To, to Nelson's and what have you, because where they're fishing, and I don't even care. I mean, it's not that I avoid them. They're not fishing where I fish and where I catch fish. So, so that's all I can tell you. I, I uh, just fish a little differently than some. So, if 
you got ice fishing done, you get first ice off, that's a good time to be on, I guess, just about any body of water. Um, with Nelson Reservoir, um, how do you approach that the same way you approach it when you're ice fishing? Oh, no. Then fish, uh, they're thinking about spawning. I look for what I consider to be prime spawning grounds and what have you. And I'm a jig fisherman. Now, you can pull all you want. And, you know, the one thing I will tell you, if you're out there pulling either a spinner rig or a live bait rig, I don't care. And you get what I call the walleye peck. You can get some terrific bites that you, you know, I've seen a lot of people. That's a northern. Chances are it's not a northern, it's a walleye. Go back, you know, put a spot, you know, mark your spot and come back to it. And then slow, not so much slow, but throw a jig in a minnow or a jig in some kind of a product. And you're going to find out that jigs do very well, a lot better than pulling stuff. Because what is it? Usually that third week of June is when, you know, people start pulling their spinners and bottom bouncers and doing better. But up to that point in time, I mean, I hear people say, uh, well, they're not feeding. Well, it's like you and I. When do we quit feeding? Never. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, so you you recommend uh, as soon as we see the ice leave Nelson or Fresno, go ahead and put the boat in and go for it, huh? You think or oh oh, oh yeah no no I I love that that early season and sometimes you know just Mother Nature is kind of mean to you and although if you got a front I stay away from fronts I boy in the springtime I like the warmer high sun. No wind days. I mean, it's, it's different. I mean, when the water warms up, then I look for the so-called walleye chop. In that March and April and even the first part of May, uh, no, I don't like any wind. I like it flat as a pancake. And for that early season, we'll, we'll start with Fresno, and then I'll ask you about Nelson. But on Fresno, for that early season, if you want to put a boat in, uh, you know, first ice off, what, where do you recommend you put the boat in? where you're you're going to not have a problem. Well, Fresno, there's only, I mean, the, the main ramp. That's it. Depends it. on how much, yeah, yeah, no, it depends on how much water's in there. Uh, you know, until they can open up that St. Mary's diversion, and that's where the majority of water comes from in Fresno, is they pump it out of St. Mary's into the ditch. The ditch only can carry about 500 cubic put a second in there and then whatever runoff that we might get between there and St. Mary's, I mean, that's on the edge of Glacier Park, okay? So then whatever runoff we get or if you get a big rain, that will affect the river, then you get runoff. But otherwise, that's strictly that's a pumping type of a deal there. They pump it out of St. Mary's to go into Fresno. And what about Nelson? Well, Nelson is the same way. I mean, they get their water from Fresno, from Dodson, you know, and a lot of times you see beaver creeks and what have you that, you know, there there are different tributaries that come in there and can kind of help Nelson. But when I look at my, you know, you'll see Fresno or Nelson reach 100% and where Fresno is only 50%. So, Fresno's kind of the first one in there, and they supply water to everybody down below. Mm-hmm. And and as far as the Milk River goes, um, with the early ice off, uh, is it 
worth the time to to see if you can chase a few walleye on the milk at all? Uh, the milk is kind of one of them gems down there that I don't care where you are if you you know fish the river. Don't be shy. I mean, down here they fish it for catfish. You can be. I mean. They tell me, especially, now I don't fish up above Hinsdale up there like the guys do for cats, but they tell me there are times when they get up there on the milk and the walleye fishing is so fantastic that hey, they're fishing for catfish and catching very nice walleyes. And I know there are walleyes up there. They, they just die of old age and never see a hook. So, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty mm. good. So what I'm what I'm learning here really is both for ice fishing and you know getting right out in the spring when the ice leaves, both Nelson and Fresno reservoirs are kind of some hidden gems here. Oh, they are. No, definitely. They you know they can be. Just I'm going to say a little bit easier that when people get onto them and figure them out, like there's a lot of people that are doing. Uh, yeah, it works real well. So, yeah, no, they're, they're good fisheries. You just don't get the big fish, especially on Fresno. You don't get the big fish like you would on a Nelson or Fort Peck, and they have a lot of, you know, not a lot, and I don't know to what extent you can take those big fish before you make an effect on it. And We're going to find out more and more like on Fort Peck this year because those people like to kill them and, to me, uh, when you kill one of those fish, it's, you know, if they're over 22 inches, I, I just say, well, you just killed your chance for about 200,000 chances a year because <laughs> they're females. That's all that they lay eggs. So, that, I mean, that's where they come from. So, I think that um, Nelson Reservoir, Fresno Reservoir are great places to fish with um, ice fishing as far as, and also with first ice off. And we're going to have to have Brian back here on a podcast and talk about after the spawn, walleye spawn, both of those reservoirs. Because that's another whole uh, can of worms, if you want to call it, um, when it comes to fishing. And then also, uh, he is familiar enough with Tiber Reservoir and Lake Francis, which are two other lakes that are on the high line that uh, people have a good time fishing walleyes, you know, throughout the certain, well, you bet again, you. different, um, interesting because it's different. It's kind of like a uh, Fresno Nelson, Lake Francis. You don't get to use uh, minnows on Lake Francis. Like right. Now. right. Uh, but you do on Tiber Reservoir. And for some of our listeners that, uh, that would like to, you know, maybe do a, a guided trip to either Nelson or Fresno or, or around the Milk River. Uh, are, do many guides work those areas at all, Brian? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know of anybody that does. Well, I guess that answers that question right there. Of course, that makes this podcast even more uh, important. So if you're going to go fish Fresno or Nelson might want to listen to this podcast again and get some of that great advice that uh, Brian and Catman given you. And of course, you can always listen to the Montana Outdoor Radio Show or check out our website and you can get some really good information about that as well, right, Captain? That's right, uh, MontanaOutdoor.com. Every week, Brian gets a report on both Fresno and Nelson. You know, we've been on the air for 25 years, and one of the things that I kept getting people asking me about is. What about Fresno? What about 
Nelson Reservoir. And Brian's been nice enough to be able to provide those reports for us, so we appreciate that. Thanks, Brian, for joining us here on Montana Outdoor Podcast. Yeah, and if uh, folks want to get uh, some questions to Brian, we can always uh, pass them on to him. Just uh, email me anytime, folks, at uh, downrigger at montanaoutdoor.com, and, and uh, we'll get you in touch with Brian, and he can give you some more advice. So thanks, Brian, for joining us. Hey, you betcha, anytime, and I'll help you out if I can. All right, folks. Well, that's another edition of uh, doing some ice fishing, as we like to call this episode, Ice Fishing on the High Line. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. And if you want to keep up on the latest news in the outdoors, well, check out our website, MontanaOutdoor.com. Or take a look at our Facebook page. We're always there for you. Until then, folks, have a great time with the ones you love out in Montana's great outdoors. Thanks for listening to the Montana Outdoor Podcast. What do you think? We would love to get your feedback and also find out what other topics you would like us to cover. Just send an email to downrigger at montanaoutdoor.com with your thoughts and suggestions. Remember, we will usually have a new podcast available every Saturday, so be sure and check our website montanaoutdoor.com for a link to our next podcast, or simply check our Facebook page. Also, feel free to share any of our podcasts with your friends. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you soon in Montana's great outdoors.